weekend, we shared good news with the church. And in case you missed it, we just want to share it again. So Riverside Vineyard Church is becoming a multi-site church. That means one church in many places. And this is amazing news because that means our church family is growing. And more people will come to know Jesus. More people will be welcomed into the kingdom of God because we, we are taking this step of faith. So the plan is, in autumn, we are planning to launch our Riverside Vineyard Stains. And we have a slide for that. We just wait. Yes. And Dave and Beth will be the serving pastors there. They will be the site pastors. And that will also mean that Riverside Vineyard Felton becomes a site. And here we'll have lovely Kathy and Rob as our site pastors. So please pray for them. Pray for all of us as we move into this new season in the story of our church. I'm sure the Lord has so much for us in that sense. It's always good when the kingdom grows. That's what we want. So if you live in the Saints area, we strongly encourage you to be part of the new site in Saints. So to find out more about that, please come and see us on the 15th of February. Come and see events at Saints Prep School at 10 a.m. So if you're interested in becoming part of this site, and if you want to find out more, sign up online and come and be with us on the 15th. There is lots going on in the life of the church regarding multi-site. So for you to be updated for everything, please check our website. And there is lots more for you to learn. It's very exciting. We have just stepped into a new decade, 2020. And I'm not sure if you have heard. I've heard in some Christian circles, there is a lot of people talking about the 2020s is the decade of the vision, because they are doing an analogy of the 2020 vision. So this is the decade we will see clearly what the Lord is doing, and we will come alongside Him and be with Him in what He's doing around the world. And this is great. But for me, 2020 vision was something new when I came to the UK a few years ago. I came to this concept, what is to have a 2020 vision? That means you can see clearly about 20 meters. I struggled with being short-sighted for many, many years in my life. So if you are short-sighted, you know what I'm talking about. It affected the quality of my life, especially when I went swimming. I just wanted to see people and I couldn't see. When I went to beach holidays, I wanted to enjoy swimming in the sea. But I had to make a choice. I would either wear my contact lenses or I would swim in the sea. I could do both. So it was really, really difficult not being able to see. I didn't like wearing um, glasses very much, so I wore contact lenses. But a few years ago, I came across this concept, 2020 vision. And I was told this idea. If you pay this amount of money, you can have 2020 vision. So I was brave enough. I paid the amount of money, and I got my eyes fixed. Incredible. In five minutes, literally five minutes, I had my sight back. So I came out of the, of the theater able to see, and this was amazing. It changed my life. I must say, it revolutionized my, uh, my life, being able to see clearly everywhere. I've been enjoying 
very much my 2020 reading since then. As Anoni has been short-sighted to me, there is a deadlier form of short-sightedness according to scriptures. We can lose sight of what God has done for us in Christ and that He has placed us from our sins. We can focus on the achievements of His life and not on the glory that He has for us now and in future. Losing that focus of our past forgiveness and the glory He has for us makes us blind to the glory of God. Blind to the amazing story that Jesus is inviting all of us to be part of. And what happens when we are short-sighted? I mean, spiritually. What happens when we forget our story? We fail to grow. We fail to grow as a follower of Christ. However, the good news is that God has already given us everything we need to grow and to live a godly life. The scripture says that God has given us His divine power which enables and equips us to grow and live a godly life. So the question is, how can I accept this divine power within me? How can I awaken this divine power? How can I activate this divine power? How can I become spiritually alive? We will explore an answer to this question in the book of Second Peter. So I'd love you to take a Bible, if you have brought your Bible. This is in the New Testament, towards the end. Second Peter chapter 1. Let's just pray together. 
Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are God who speaks to us. And we pray that you come now as you are here ready, that increase your presence in our midst. We say yes to your anointing, we say yes to your presence, and we say yes to your word this morning. Help us to understand and respond to your word. I pray that the seeds of your word will fall into good ground and they will bear much fruit for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. So how do I become spiritually alive? First thing, I'm going to draw just a couple of points from this text. The first thing that I'd like to draw your attention to is how do I become spiritualized? First thing, through our knowledge of Jesus. This is what the Bible says in verse 3, that His divine power has given us everything we need for godly life, life through our knowledge of Him who called us. Jesus called us. He has given us everything we need for life and godliness. All that could ever be required to be godly, He has already given to us. And being, being godly means to obey and respect God. And I also looked up from the dictionary what godly, godliness means. So godliness speaks of decency, honesty, trust, integrity. So we are talking about standard of living, a good, high standard of living here. Jesus sets the highest standards for us to follow us to live up to. But he also gives us the resources we need to meet those standards. He walks by our side. He's back to us, helping us every step of the way. He never gives up on us. So we must prioritize our relationship with God. The way to activate this power within us is through our knowledge of Jesus. It's through a living relationship with him. So you might be here this morning thinking, how can I get to know Jesus? How can I access this knowledge? So for me, first and foremost, you find Jesus in scriptures. This is the word of God in a book format, but Jesus is the word made flesh. He is the living word of God. He came to this earth to speak to us what is written in this word. So his words are life and spirit. So when we come to scripture, especially in the gospel accounts, John, Matthew, Luke, and Mark, we learn who he is. So you must be that time reading about Jesus. And as you read, may I encourage you not to rush. It's not about quantity, but it's about quality. So as you choose the gospel to read more about Jesus, let's say you're going to go for Mark. Mark is a good gospel to start if you've never read in of the gospel. It's a shorter gospel, but it's a, a gospel full of action, packed with movement. So he's going around to different places, villages, towns, healing people. There is lots going on in the book of Mark. So choose a text with more passages, few verses, and hang there. Hang out with Jesus there. Spend time in the world. Don't rush. As you read, ask yourself, what is it that Jesus how is Jesus revealing himself in this story? What is, what is he saying to people here? How is he interacting with those around him? What is the effect he's having on, on those around him? And stay in the text. Stay there. Chewing it. Marinating in 
reveals himself to you. The Word of God is amazing, and there is so much richness in it. Don't rush it. Stay there and learn who Jesus is. We can learn so much from Jesus' interactions with people and his behavior. We can learn so much from all these stories in the gospel. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord and everything in it. So the Bible tells us that God is the creator of the world. He owns everything. He owns nature. He owns every one of us. But there is one thing that he's after. There is one thing that he's not going to force his entrance into. This is your heart. He's going after your heart. But he respects you. So Jesus is after your heart this morning. The Bible says in John 3.16 that he gives us eternal life. Those who believe in Jesus, they will not perish, but they have eternal life. And I was reading about eternal life the other day, and I came across this quote that says, Eternal life is a present experience stretching to the future. I love that. Eternal life is a present experience stretching into the future. So when you say yes to Jesus, when you open your heart to experience His amazing and extravagant love for you, eternal life starts now. It's not a distant, glorious promise. It will be glorious in the future, but eternal life starts now. And I love that. Do you feel excited about that? I think it's good. <laughs> mm, there's a food. That's good. <laughs> Jesus himself, he defines what eternal life is. He said, now this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Eternal life is to know Jesus. And through our knowledge of Jesus, we can access His divine power that enables us to live a godly life. So if you're exploring faith here this morning, or maybe you have come to Jesus a while ago and your faith has grown a little bit cold, I want to encourage you this morning. God brought you here so that you know He will never give up on you. He loves you with eternal love. He loves you with extravagant love. And He's inviting you this morning. Come back to me. I have my arms wide open to receive you, to embrace you, to restore your life. Do not be afraid. I'm here to give you eternal life, forgiveness of sins. I'm here to restore your life completely. Everyone who crossed Jesus' path left His presence totally transformed. They were new people, new creation. And Jesus is here this morning, and He's inviting you to say yes to Him. So I'd like to create just two minutes of space for us to pray. And I'll pray for you if you're here this morning, and you feel in your heart that you need to take this step of faith, and you want to say yes to Jesus, and you want to start experiencing this eternal life today. Can I ask for the church to bow your head? I just want to pray for you that are here this morning. And perhaps you're feeling that He has left you and He cannot forgive you. In fact, He's here to forgive you, to cleanse your sins, and to give you a new life. 
So if you resonate with, with this invitation, just pray in your heart, pray in your spirit, because he sees you, he sees your heart. Lord God, thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus who came to this earth to die on the cross for my sins, to cleanse me, to give me a new life. Thank you, Jesus, that you're here this morning with your arms wide open to receive me and embrace me. I open my heart to you and I invite you to come and be my Lord and Savior. I invite the Holy Spirit to change me into the person you want me to be. And I thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. So we thought that we will grow in our divine power that we have within us. We will access this divine power within us as we grow in our knowledge of Jesus through scriptures, through prayer, and also through the presence of the Holy Spirit. Jesus has given us his Holy Spirit. He said in John 14, I'm going to go to the Father, but I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, who will be with you every single day of your life, teaching you everything that I have taught. He will remind you of the things that I said. So we have the Holy Spirit in us, and Peter says that through this promise, he says that in verse 4, he says, through these promises that we have the Holy Spirit in us, that through these promises you may participate in the divine presence, in the divine nature. So through Holy Spirit, we can participate in the divine nature of God. Holy Spirit is the divine power that allows us to be participants in the very nature of God. So you have in you the power that allows you to participate in the very nature of God. I think this is amazing. You should say amen. This is quite powerful. It is within you. You can participate in the divine nature of God, according to the scriptures. In other words, Jesus is constantly working our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. And as a result of this amazing promise that we have the Holy Spirit, this truth in our life, we invited all of us to cooperate with God, working with Him so that we can produce character qualities within us and display His divine nature in our lives. I'm going to say that again. You are invited to cooperate with God working with him so that you can produce character qualities within you and display his nature in your life. That is your calling as well. You are not only called to believe in Jesus and go to heaven and enjoy eternity. As I said, eternal life starts now, but you are called to become like Jesus, to be transformed from the inside out so that you can be Jesus in the world. Jesus is the firstborn of many, many children. We are part of this amazing family. We are all brothers and sisters, and he is our reference. So we have to copy him and imitate him. But we have the help, which is the Holy Spirit. We cannot produce these things on our own. But with the Holy Spirit, we can. So that leads me to the second point. How can I activate this divine power within me? Second point, through a lifestyle that displays increasing measure the character of Jesus. Second point. I've got a slide for us. We are not 
to get stuck in our Christian walk, okay? Let's keep walking. Not in the first point. Let's go to the second. So how can we activate this divine power? Through a lifestyle that displays in increasing measure the character of Jesus. And we see this in, first, in verse 5. Peter, Peter gives us a list of virtues which we are to grow. And I paraphrase at the bottom of, of the slide. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, and love. So Peter finishes this list with love. And I think it makes the whole sense because we need love. What motivates us to seek Christ-like character is love. We need love. Why we need love? Because we grow as we battle, if that makes sense. It hurts to grow. It hurts to grow. Let me unpack that a little bit. But why? Because God will create opportunities in our lives so that we can exercise his virtues. How are we going to grow if we don't, we don't have the opportunity to grow? So things will happen to make you upset, to make you unkind and unloving, and then you're going to have to choose which way you're going to go. So for instance, in my case, I'm a mom of uh, school-age children, primary school-age children, so I know some of you are too. So every weekday in the morning, I have perfect ground to exercise patience and self-control. I mean, this is real. This is true, you know. Some mornings are awful. I leave my house like, really, God? I just said that. I've just been that rude. Jesus, forgive me. All the mornings are more successful. But it's perfect now. Every morning, every morning I can be patient and kind and, and have self-control. And it's hard. It hurts. It hurts to control my temper. It hurts not to shout. Oh, I can't shout now. But I do sometimes. You know, we are not perfect. <laughs> anyway, but the key, Daniel, the key is actually, we will make mistakes. We will, we will have like digging. Angel says, epic failures. That, that's part of growth. We cannot grow if we don't make mistakes. There is another area that I'm not going to go too much into that because we for the senior pastor. But marriage is the perfect ground for holiness. If you say yes to the work of the Spirit, you can become holy. If you say yes, don't resist. We had um, a situation a long ago. I don't know, this is a mystery actually. I don't know if that happens to you, but the things that attracted you to your spouse before you get married, when you get married, a few years down the line, are the things that annoy them. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I, maybe you don't go through these things, that's just us. I don't, that's a mystery. Because they liked you before, and then after there is a bit of, mm, you know. And then we were going through a season like that, and, and Rubens came to me and said a few things. I think he was a little bit annoyed by something. He was like, but that's so interesting. I thought he liked it <laughs> when we got married, before we got married and all that. And then we went to pray, and this was really cool because he prayed and he came to God. God, I thought I got married to be happy. <laughs> sorry, the single people, sorry. 
I mean, I don't want to, you know, I mean, you can be happy, but be flexible with the definition of happiness, okay? <laughs> be flexible with that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he prayed, and that was his conversation with God. And then God said to him, I'll never forget that. You got married to become holy. You got married to become holy. And then he came to me. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. So we are on this journey now. But every time he comes to me complaining about stuff, I say, remember, you got, you got married to become holy. I mean, God spoke to you. Come on. Let's, be, let's raise faith in the room. No, let's press on. Let's continue. Anyway, so there will be opportunities in our lives so that we can grow. And when we make mistakes, we don't get stuck in condemnation, frustration, and disappointment. We move on. We choose to move on. Just like Paul says in Philippians 3.13, I forget about the things behind me, and I reach out for the things ahead of me. So that's the way we do Christian life. We don't get stuck in the past. We fall down, we, we get up, and we continue, because God is with us. He's by our side. And also... The Bible says that His mercies are new every morning. So every morning there is a chance for new beginnings. There is hope for new beginnings. Do not let the enemy say otherwise to you. Every morning you can restart your life with Jesus. You can rewrite your story with Him. So all these qualities are to be added to our faith as we grow into the likeness of Jesus. The display of these qualities in increasing measure, so these things will grow in our life, will make us productive in our knowledge of Jesus, and prevent us from becoming spiritually sick with blindness and short-sightedness, according to Peter. So these qualities that Peter lists also reminds me of the fruit of the Spirit. You can't help but make the connection. The fruit of the, of the Spirit is described by Paul in Galatians 5, 25, 23. So the fruit is just one fruit. Think of an orange with nine parts, like nine slices of this orange. So Paul says that this fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is a nine-part fruit, but it's just one fruit. And I was reading scripture, and I came across the definition, the definition of the word fruit. The word fruit, the original Greek, is kapho. And one definition mean, means a result of something. A result of something. So when the fruit of the Spirit is displayed in our lives, it is a sign or result that we are being led by the Spirit of God. The fruit is produced, developed, and displayed in us as we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit. The fruit is produced, developed, and displayed in us as we surrender our lives to the Holy Spirit. There is a quote by Timothy Keller. Timothy Keller is a pastor and a Christian writer. I think this quote summarizes what I'm trying to say. The spirit-filled development of Christ-like character is liberating because it brings us closer to being the people we were designed to be. 
the people our spirit renewed heart wants us to be. We want that. I'll, I'll read that again. The spirit-filled development of Christ-like character is liberating because it brings us closer to being the people we were designed to be. The people our spirit renewed heart wants us to be. We want to be like that. We were created to be like that. Furthermore, it is the evidence of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives that shows we are growing as followers of Christ and reaching spiritual maturity as well. Jesus says they will be known by their fruit so that we can become spiritually wise. So I conclude by saying that we grow as followers of Christ and we grow in becoming spiritually alive when we say yes to the work of the Holy Spirit in shaping, transforming us into the likeness of Jesus as we get to know Him, combined with our decision to align ourselves with that work. That is to say, we take responsibility for the path we play in our growth. We have the divine power within us but we also have the responsibility to do all this. And as we do this, we participate in the life of God. And as a consequence, we grow and confirm our calling and election according to Peter. He says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord, Savior, and Jesus Christ. So Peter assures us of blessings that will last forever. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it to live the life of the Spirit. And I'd like to encourage you this morning with the verse in Philippians 1.6. Each one of you, be confident of this. That he who began a work in you, he who began a good work in you, will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. You have everything you need to live a godly life. Can I invite you to stand? I'd love to pray now. Will you create some space to respond to God? I just pray to close this message and we have some time for prayer. You just feel, close your eyes, just connect with God now. He is here. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Jesus. Increase your presence, Holy Spirit. Come and increase your presence in our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us pray that you draw our hearts to you and stir in us the desire to keep your faith in love and grace. Help us to surrender our lives every day to the work of the Spirit and give us love and determination to embrace the path we play in our growth. I pray that each one of us grow to display the fruit of the Spirit in our daily lives.
And I thank you that you're faithful to complete the work you began in each one of us.